So, something I want to talk about today, and it sounds kind of, it's, it's like kind of a given, but I, I want to talk about this. If we're going to know God, we're going to have to know him that he's a spirit. We're going to have to acknowledge him as a spirit. And, and I want to just draw some things out about what, what difference does that make? Because we would just kind of assume that to be a given again. Uh, you know, there's a lot of things going on in the world, and I just want to... Uh, you know, there's a lot of things in the news that would, would appear to be a lot of natural events going on. But I want you to know that there's a spirit world that is not going to make the news other than its influence through people who do make the news. That there's a world, there's a spirit world that is influencing things that we can't see the real root, the real cause of things. And um, there's, there's, a, there's a very common thing, and I'm going to tap on this with regard to the Spirit. Uh, none of the things that would be taking place, making such big waves today, even, even the virus, if there weren't words, if there wasn't an ability for somebody to spout, every time there's a spouting, it's actually an activation of a spiritual power that's taking place every time. And I thought about that with regard to what's going on. You know, there's some real things going on in the country. But you know what? Uh, there, there was a famous uh, actor that I heard talk about this. And he said, you know, you wouldn't, have, you wouldn't have this if you didn't talk about it. Now, there might still be something, it's kind of like the tree falling in the forest, you know, it, it still makes a sound, but it's not affecting anything until there's a spiritual force activated towards that that actually puts words to it. And because words, what they do is they actually form something that you're not going to see in the natural, but they bring something into the natural yeah. when they're spoken, right. right? So it's important to see our Father. If we're going to know God, we're going to have to know Him as this Spirit. Sometimes we think about spirits, we think, ooh, you know, <laughs> and, and just a clue, <laughs> you are a spirit, right? <laughs> so so um, I'm just going to go over this, and we're going to go through, through three aspects that we've done consistently on just knowing God, and I think it's just kind of healthy tools for us to do this. First of all, you have to recognize, and this is important, anything that you're going to recognize about God, just the recognition of it causes it to come to life and to become effective in a very powerful way. So just, just going through your life realizing that God is a spirit, just that alone can make a difference. <laughs> but then when you start to see what it means for him to be a spirit, how he affects things because he is a spirit and because he is the spirit, then you begin to worship him as a spirit. Amen? And then you become affected by who he is as a spirit in your own life. You begin to emulate who he is. As you worship him. Okay? So I'm just going to go through this. I'm going to see some, some uh, revelations with regard to just God being God as a spirit here. First of all, I'm going to go all the way back to Genesis. Don't you like to go all the way? We don't get to Genesis 1 too often. But I just want to recognize God as a spirit here, first of all. In creation, the spirit of God preceded 
and initiated all that would appear. Things that we see and that get so, so magnified, they originate in the Spirit. All of creation was preceded by God as a Spirit. Not just God, His Spirit. How the, the, the entity of Him being a Spirit caused Him to be able to create. And we're going to look at this. I'm just going to look, open this up just a little bit. And we're going to come back to it again when it relates to us because it's so very important. Now the earth was formless and empty. That meant, that meant there, there wasn't anything that you could, would impress you at all. There's nothing there. It's just darkness, right? But what does it say? It says, and the Spirit, the Spirit, the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. There was a Spirit. Amen? Now, there's some significance in this. What I, through that next first chapter, if you go through it, there's seven times that this, this word, and God said, let there be. What was happening in that? It's a revelation of the power of a spirit. The power of a spirit has a will. It says, I want something to happen. But a spirit for that to, to take place, you think of anything that you do in your life, just to get up and brush your teeth, you say to yourself, I'm going to get up and brush my teeth. <laughs> right? Otherwise, your teeth fall out. Right? There's, there's a consequence or, or a blessing. Everything we tell ourselves to do. We, in business, you better tell yourself some things. You have to overcome some things. Right? What is that? That's the power of your spirit. And God was demonstrating that in creation itself. He went through and he said, let there be. And what happened? Just because he wanted it? No, the, the, the power of a spirit is the will activated by words, by breath. Amen? It wasn't enough for him to just hover over the waters. He said, now I'm going to affect the waters. Right? What happens with the Spirit, when it speaks, things take place, they form, right? <laughs> Again, with relation to our, our nation right now, some things are existing because things are being said, right? And there's a, there's a way to overcome, and it's the same way. You know, the weapons of our warfare, they're not carnal. They're mighty through God, the pulling down of strong. What kind of strongholds? Spiritual strongholds. What are those weapons? Well, we get them from God, don't we? But first of all, we have to recognize this God, he's a spirit. This is how he's so powerful. Amen? He has a will. He accomplishes his will by his words. Things come into creation because of them. Seven times he said these things, and things came. It's, I thought about this way. When you say let, it's almost like things were already wanting to go. <laughs> you know, it's like, let it go. Let it be. It's like there's so much that God already has. Just like it's ready to go. And he just says, let it go. But until it's spoken, it doesn't happen, does it? All right? So I want to go to Isaiah. Because Isaiah kind of talks about this. I'm just going to read this uh, chapter 40, verses 12 through 28. Usually I say measures 20, 12 through 28 because I... 
I uh, work with music. But um, I'd like to just read through this. And let's just see what Isaiah is saying about this. Because God is not like anything else we can relate to. It, we, a lot of times we want to put him in a box that's made by our own vision of natural things. He doesn't fit into those boxes. He makes them. Anything that we can relate to in the natural, he made. Amen? So, God's speaking through Isaiah here, and he says, Who has measured the waters in the hollow of his hand? You know, when you think about a spirit, you know, they keep finding new heavenly uh, planets and stars, don't they? It's like every once in a while you see it in the, in, something else was discovered or, you know. How in the world did Because he's a spirit. Spirit isn't confined like, like we are. Amen? He can, he can speak to a gazillion miles away something. And, it, it take, and, and the thing about his creation is it just keeps going. It's, just, it's not like one thing. It, it's like a, it just keeps going, right? Or with the breadth of his hand marked off the heavens. Who has held the dust of the earth in a basket or weighed the mountains on the scales and, and the hills in a balance? Who can fathom the spirit of the Lord or instruct the Lord as his counsel? I don't know about you, but this is part of that thing that faith is required to even go there. Amen? This God of ours is a spirit that just transcends any of the barriers we could He's beyond our imagination. Whom did the Lord consult or to enlighten him? And, and who taught him the right way? Who was it that taught him knowledge or showed him the path of understanding? Don't you like it when people try to tell you what God said, it, it, their impression of what God would do? <laughs> That's why I think it's dangerous just to wear a bracelet that says, what would Jesus do? Because you ain't going to come up with it just by thinking of it, you know, <laughs> right? <laughs> That's a spiritual thing there. Surely the nations are like a drop in a bucket. They are regarded as dust on the scales. He weighs the islands as though they were fine dust. Lebanon is not sufficient for altar fires, <laughs> nor its animals enough for burnt offerings. Before him, all the nations are as nothing. They are regarded by him as worthless and less than nothing. Right now, our world is, is, is it's the powers that be in the world, right? It's, it's the, it, it, and that's what, that's what the different entities are wanting to control. They're wanting to have power over the nations. And God says, it's just nothing to me. All the nations in the world, you know, that there, there's, a, there's a move right now to have one world uh, government. I think that's a big part of what's going on. There's, there's a move to, to, to disable even the powers of all the governments in the world so that one can be brought up. That's what the Revelation talks about, isn't it? Right? How was that accomplished? By powers of this world being exalted. And who's behind that? <laughs> a spiritual force. And you know what? If you start talking about this all by itself, you start having dreams, you start having, being scared, you start being, thinking about, 
But who are we looking at? Are we looking at the, these earthly entities? Or are we knowing our God as a spirit that considers these things as such? All right? With whom then will you compare God? To what image will you liken him? As for an idol, a metal worker casts it, and a goldsmith overlays it with gold and fashions silver and chains for it. And a person too poor to present such an offering selects wood that will not rot, and they look for a skilled worker to set up an idol that will not topple. Isn't this sad? People create something that they can worship because you know what? We are spirits that will worship something. We have to. It's the way we're made. We were created to worship. So what happens when something is made? And we do, in America, we don't have these idols like this, but we have stuff. Can we put our, you can tell because it's where you put your treasure. It's where you put your money. You can tell where people are putting things, right? <laughs> and, and, and they're all not too much different than this. They'll pass away, right? Do you not know? Have you not heard? Very important to know. Very important to hear. Has it not been told you from the beginning? Have you not understood since the earth was founded? He sits enthroned above the circle of the earth. And its people are like grasshoppers. He's a spirit. He stretches out the heavens like a canopy. Spreads them out like a tent to live in. He brings princes to naught and reduces the rulers of this world to nothing. No sooner are they planted, no sooner are they sown, no sooner do they take root in the ground than he blows on them and they wither and a whirlwind sweeps them away like chaff. To whom will you compare me? Or who is my equal, says the Holy One? Lift up your eyes and look to the heavens. Who created all these things? He who brings out the starry host one by one and calls forth each of them by name because his great power and mighty strength, not one of them is missing. Seems like it's a little bit important to gain some knowledge about God as a spirit. Amen? All right. So, oh, just a little bit more. I thought I was done with that stretch, but a little bit more here. Why do you complain, Jacob? Oh, and this is part. Yeah, this is, this is very important. Because if we don't have an understanding of who God is, we can begin to compare ourselves to somebody else or, or what we're going through. We, did we, we sang a wonderful song this morning. I think I saw some people actually being moved by it. I am not alone. <laughs> He's the sovereign God. Amen. But if you're not careful, if you're not seeing him as this sovereign that is so much bigger because he's a spirit than everything else in the world and everything else is, is, you know, he's not the God of this world right now. He's not in control of everything. Why? Because people submit themselves to other gods. He will be in control of whoever submits himself to him. But he's not the God of this earth right now. There's another spiritual entity that is. It's very important for us to know who he is, though, and that there is an end to the devil's reign on this earth. Amen? Why do you complain, Jacob? Why do you say, Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord. My cause is disregarded by my God. 
Did I put enough passion in that? I should do that one more time. No. Do you not know? Have you not heard? He's saying this again, isn't he? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary in his understanding. No one can fathom. A little bit talking about God as a spirit. We have to recognize him as such. Amen? He exists. We recognize the power of his spirit. Amen? So the second part of this is once you see him as that, it's not enough. You know what the spirits, the evil spirits in the world know what we just talked about. They, they know that he's a spirit. They know that he created everything. But they don't worship him as such. Did you know that we can, we can we, we've just said this, but it's very important to transition. If we're actually going to know him as a spirit, for us to go through the process of recognizing what we just talked about and then be, becoming in awe of him. Amen? Because it's what you become in awe of that you become affected by and transformed by. That's where we're going. But let's just see. Just a couple things here I want to look at. 1 Timothy 1.17. I love this, this passage. It says, Now to the king eternal, immortal, invisible. That speaks of spiritual entity, doesn't it? The only God be honor and glory forever and ever. Ah, amen. <laughs> Isn't that good? I want to just, you know, there's, there's going to be a time, you know, Pastor Kim was talking about how we spent all this week just, just sitting on the Word. You know, there's going to be a time when we, we might just sing this, this, this little verse. We might just take, you know, a couple decades maybe. I don't know. Because this God of ours is amazing. As a spirit, he is to be worshipped. He's to be honored. Hallelujah. Now, we're going to talk. Anybody can't do this. I mean, anybody is, has the opportunity to. But there's a way that this is going to take place that we're going to get to. But we have to recognize, man, he's, he's worthy of glory. There's a drawing in to who he is. That you're, you're, it's it's kind of like a vacuum drawing you into this, this amazing God when you begin to see him as a spirit. Amen? It is in the realm of the spirit that he will be worshipped as a spirit. Now, here's part of the danger, I think, with religious things. Even worship music. Uh, even studying the word in itself, it can't just be a scholastic thing. It can't just be the music. <laughs> because you have to get into the realm of the spirit if you're actually going to be worshiping him as a spirit. Amen? John 4, 23. From here on, and, and, and listen, listen to who Jesus is talking to here. You're familiar with this. Jesus is going in, and, and he, he gets separated from the disciples for a little while, and he's, and he's thirsty, and he runs into this, this, uh, this, this lady, and she's by the well, and he asks her for some water. 
And they get into a conversation and come to find out she's had like five husbands already. She doesn't have a spiritual understanding. Although she does, by the way. She knows that you're supposed to go here to worship. You're supposed to go here to worship. You're supposed to do this to worship. That's what people think, right? And you can li- anybody can do this. But Jesus addresses that and he says, you know, there's a, <laughs> he says, from here on out, worshiping the Father will not be a matter of the right place, but with the right heart. What is that talking about? It says it's going to have to come from an attitude of seeing him as a spirit. Amen? For God is a spirit. It's very important to, to recognize him as a spirit. He's not just a, for, uh, a formula. He's not just goosebumps. Right? He's not just information. You don't, you don't get to worship God just because you know all the right scriptures and you know all the right, right ways. Now Jesus says, and this is Jesus talking to a completely illiterate woman that's not living for God at all, right? And he's talking to her about how to worship God. And he says, you have to worship him in spirit, as a spirit. Wow. This is going to take some help, isn't it? We have to get past our minds. We have to get past the methods or what somebody else is doing or what I'm not doing and get into the realm where we get ensconced in the presence of a God that is a spirit. Amen? Well, and the other thing, too, is wasn't she a Samaritan woman? And there was a racial issue. There, there was a racial issue, and she was a woman, and that was not a very welcome thing for a man to speak, and the type of woman she was. So she probably had a very low self-image, um, thinking that she wasn't worthy, she wasn't able. She knows that you're supposed to go there, but she's not ever going there because right. she did. There was a lot yeah. of ifs, ands, and buts about what he was saying to her at that time. She was unable to really receive and and give of herself because there was such a negative identity. She had a major identity crisis. And what he spoke to her was hope. What he spoke to her was the possibility that she doesn't have to do all those things. That was probably really almost impossible for her to wrap her mind around that. You know, if we were to walk up to a, a woman of the street or whatever and somebody who had a really difficult past and maybe they're seemingly you know we're dealing with the racial issues today maybe she would feel completely unworthy or very you know challenged by what he was presenting to her and the amazing thing was is that as a spirit he was speaking to her spirit at this time that's why she came alive she said it doesn't matter what I've done it doesn't matter what I've done I can worship God with my heart. And see what happens to, to somebody when they, when they get that opening of, of seeing God as a spirit, then they can actually worship him as a spirit no matter where they've come from. All they have to do is love what he says. For God is a spirit and he longs to have sincere worshipers who worship and adore him in the realm of the spirit and in truth. I... I there's a necessity. This is what will happen, and it's part of, 
this transformation that will take place. How many know that you have to actually live in a, in a lifestyle of worship? It can't be something where you just go, okay, click on the worship God switch, you know, <laughs> right? <laughs> oh, I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus. Now, where's my other gods? I, I want to go worship them too. So I, 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 my dad, we were in, in Kathmandu, Nepal, and, 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 and they, they had this big mall. It's kind of interesting. Their malls are a little bit different. A whole bunch of, you know, paraphernalia that you wouldn't recognize here at all. And he, and he got, a, got a Hindu uh, young man behind a desk and started worshiping, or worshiping, um, talking to him about Jesus. And um, uh, he, he, he said, do you know Jesus? He said, oh, yeah, I know him. Uh, he's, he's one of my gods. They, they just, Hindus believe in all, all the gods. Uh, in if fact, you get Muslim, them all, Muslims, then you don't miss. If you get them all, <laughs> you don't miss. The, the difference is <laughs> knowing wrong. him as a savior. And so that's what my dad would talk, is so effective at doing, is talking to them about actually knowing him as a spirit, knowing him as your savior. But, you know, we, it's, we have to be careful that we don't do that same thing. We, we laugh about that. But if he's not God all the time, he's not God anytime, right? That's good. It's, it, it's not just part of our life that he, he occupies. No, uh, that's the truth part. Amen? But what was Jesus doing when he's talking to her? He's taking her into a realm of the Spirit where she can be transformed by seeing God as a spirit. And this is where I want to get today. When we see him as a spirit, now those things in our life that need to be eradicated, she doesn't need to live like that anymore, but she doesn't need to be condemned to accomplish that. In fact, she's already been condemned, I'm sure. And it hasn't done any good, right? right? She needs to be shown that you just begin to worship God. You begin to magnify him as a spirit. And what's happening is your spirit is getting connected to his spirit. And transformation is inevitable. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. Uh, Romans 8, 13. Honor of him as a spirit will come not in religious acts, but in following him as spirit offspring. I like this passage. I'm just going to read through it. And you say, yeah, I bet. All right. Okay. Uh, Romans 8, 13 through 16. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. Now, that sounds like a big chore, doesn't it? But I'm glad that he doesn't just stop there. It's not just us doing away with the misdeeds of the body, right? For those who are led by the Spirit of God are who? Children of God. There's another translation, sons of God. But children. Amen? Those who are led, what's happening when you begin to worship God? We talked about God as a father last week. When you begin to worship God as a spirit, you enter into the realm of the spirit where you're being led by the spirit now. <laughs> Say, oh, I, I like that spirit. I think I'm going to follow that spirit. And you know what happens? When you begin to follow that spirit, his words begin to direct your life. And you find that you can't step on that other path anymore because you're already on this path. Amen? And those misdeeds go away when you're walking in the Spirit. If you walk in the Spirit, you don't fulfill 
the lust of the flesh, right? I'm going on here. The spirit you receive does not make you slaves. I love this. This isn't something we're being, where we're being confined. We're being liberated in the spirit. So that you live in fear again. It's not about, the spirit doesn't take you into a place, okay, what am I doing wrong now? No, it takes you into a place of all the things you're doing by the spirit now because you're following the spirit of God that you've been impressed with, and you can worship, right? The spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship. Ah. So now, this is the key. And we already said this, but this is where we're going. And by him we cry, what? Abba, Father. The spirit himself testifies with our spirit. That we are God's children. So, if God's a spirit, and I know this is basic stuff for us, but let's just get this, all right? If God's a spirit and we're born of him, what are we? We are spirits. We are spirits. We live in this body. We have a mind, but we are spirits. Amen? You know what? This is, this is a very necessary understanding. But I like it coming from this, that we're the offspring of the Spirit. We're the offspring of the Spirit. So now what he has, it's going to be imparted to us. Amen? Okay. Now, remember when, when we, I was talking out at a, a Genesis 1, how God said, let there be seven times, and light was, and the, and the water separated and the land appeared and all this kind of stuff and the, and the fish started going in the sea and the plants started growing and all this stuff. All the lets. But when he got to men, he said, let us. He didn't just say, let there be. He said, let us make. That's kind of what we did when we hooked up. We said, let's make some kids. Let's, <laughs> what happens? You know, Hunter doesn't look exactly like me, but he's in my image to some degree, isn't he? What happens? He's not a dog. He, he's, he's not a planet. That's the kind of thing God's, the Spirit of God does when he creates things. But when he creates us, he says, let's make in our image. We are spirit. We're the same. We have the same DNA is God. Right. Amen? We're not gods, but we are spirits with the same power that he has as a spirit. Amen? <laughs> There's several things that our children have just because we made them. Right? They have abilities to learn languages. They have abilities to make things. They have a lot of... To, isn't that amazing? Just because they came out of us. Just because we came out of God. Amen? Yeah. Isn't this good? Let us make man in our image more in the line with reproduction of himself rather than creation of something else. Right? Now, one other thing. This is where I want to get to is God has a purpose in us being his children. When he said, let us make he didn't just say, because it'd really be cool to have some people that look like us. 
If you look at what he says, he says, let us make them in our image so that they can go and be like us. Rule, transform, have authority, change. Be our children. Amen? There's a reason for this necessity of worshiping God and understanding that we become his child in the spirit. Amen? Because something changes in us when we do. The enemy in our nation today, the enemy in our lives, each one of us today, with this coronavirus, it's focusing on the flesh. It's focusing on fears, things that are going to hurt us in the flesh. And all the while, there's a God that's above it all who will be at the end of it all. And he's saying, I'm taking you to the end of it all. Please don't fear this thing you're going through right now. Amen? <laughs> so, when we begin to see ourselves as the children of God, then we can begin to respond as his children. We can be transformed. <laughs> Amen? We, be, we, we respond, we're transformed into his spiritual likeness with purpose, just like Adam and Eve. Amen? All right. I've got just a little bit more, and then I'm going to turn my wife loose. All right. With beholding him, there's an opportunity to be reborn in spirit. And we know this. We, we, all of us here in this room, if you haven't, there's an opportunity for you this morning. But you do have to behold him and say, I want to be your child. To be reborn in spirit. Amen. So John 3, 6 says, Flesh gives way, birth to flesh, but the spirit gives birth to spirit. You should not be surprised at my saying, you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear it sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from uh, or where it is going. So it is with everyone born of the spirit. There is a part of you that will not be confined to your body, confined to the world's constraints upon you. And I'm telling you that the temptation is for you to think it's all about stuff you can see. And there's a spirit in you that is connected to the great spirit that will transcend whatever you're going through. And he's going to do that through the transformation that you see when you understand who God is. Amen? So now, instead of being transformed from the outside, oh, you have to change. You have to fix this. You have to do this. Behaviors are wrong. You got to fix your behaviors. If you're... No. What happens when you begin to behold him is this holy, amazing spirit. And you begin to realize, I'm his child. <laughs> the change begins to come from the inside rather than the outside. The things that need to change. That lady at the well, you know what? She began to change from that day forward from the inside. Something came alive in her. Yeah. Amen? 1 Corinthians 2, 9 through 16. However, as it is written, what no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, and what no human mind has conceived, the things God has prepared for those who love him. These are the things God has revealed to us by his spirit. The spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. Oh, hang in here with me. <laughs> this is good stuff. 
For who knows a person's thoughts except their own spirit within them? Did you know that you can withdraw from everything and by your spirit you can actually overview your life? And you can make choices that aren't dependent upon just what you can think. In fact, your thinking can become affected by your spirit when your spirit is in the right place. In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. What, what we have received is not the Spirit of the world, because there's a Spirit of the world, but we have not received that. We have to be very careful, though, because we can still receive that Spirit if we're not careful. Even though we've been reborn, we can say, that, that spirit of the world is something I'm so used to that. I just, that's so right. Don't you want to just follow science? <laughs> you know? I want to follow the rock of ages that's going to be here when all those science things have been proven faulty in a couple days or moments. Now, I'm not, I'm not putting down common sense and whatnot, but, but we need to have a a, a greater stability than that. Amen? We talked about that. The great I am. What we, we have received is not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, so that we may understand what God has freely given us. This is what we speak. Oh. Not in words taught by us by human wisdom, but in words taught by the spirit. Explaining spiritual realities with spirit taught words. Wow. The person without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God, but considers them foolishness and cannot understand them because they are discerned only through the Spirit. The person with the Spirit makes judgments about all things. But such a person is not subject to merely human judgments, who has known the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him. But we have the mind of Christ. How do we have the mind of Christ? How do we think those right thoughts? How do we get our mind aligned where, with where it needs to go? It's by the Spirit. Amen? <laughs> the Spirit is always going to be the force. We think we're just hearing people's thoughts. We're just thinking we're hearing opinions. We're hearing spiritual forces. Because spiritual forces are getting verbiage coming out of people's mouths. It's very important for us to not join with those verbal things. We don't speak like the world speaks. Why do we need the Word of God? You know what? It's the, it's the Spirit-breathed life of God that we have in the Word. Why do we speak the Word? Because at, whenever we do, we're speaking as children of the Spirit. Amen? Jesus said, my words are Spirit and they're life. So very important what we speak, isn't it? Amen? I've got just a little bit more. So I'm going to come back to, to Genesis 1 again. What was it about God? He had a will. He had power in his mouth. And things took place when he spoke. Right? John 15, 7 through 8. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, this sounds like some necessity of, of spirit power in us. Amen? Why do we get full of the word? Because it's full of spirit power. Our own words will not have power. They have to be God words. Amen? 
So listen to this, though. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish. What does that say? That sounds like our will gets involved in this, doesn't it? That sounds like we're a, a spirit in the image of our Father God. In, we're his children, aren't we? And we have a will too. He said, you know what? You, when you walk in me, when you live in me, when you, when you move in me, now your spirit's going to have a will also that's affected by me. So that when you want something, it's not just going to be something that your flesh wants. It's going to be something that your spirit wants. And it will be aligned with my will. So now when you begin to speak, it's going to be just like me saying, let there be. Amen? You ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory, that you may bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. This is very reflective of, let us make them in our image so that they can go out and give us glory by being our children. Amen? So we have the will, we have the power, and we have the production that comes from us. Our help, presence, the Spirit forever. John 14, 16 through 17. I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. Don't you like this forever? <laughs> what we're into is not, does not have a timeline. What we're into is sustained through eternity. So when you're talking about spirits, this is a very important element of this. And this is where I'm going to finish off. And Pastor Kim's going to pull some things together here too. But the spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him for he lives with you and will be in you. Who's talking here? Jesus. He's talking about the Holy Spirit coming to abide inside of us. Amen. So we get born again, our, our spirit's reborn. And then we, remember, he, Jesus, er, er, in, in Genesis it said, let us. Who's it talking about? The Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Jesus went to the cross for us. He bought newness of life for us by the Spirit. And he said, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit to come and abide with you forever. He's going to show you who I am. Oh, necessity. Necessity for this. Because it's by the Spirit that our life is eternal in him. Amen? Praise God. And then everything begins to be transformed in this process. Praise God. You know, while you were talking, I, I felt like the Lord, the Holy Spirit was speaking to me about the woman at the well. She had never had anybody speak to her by the Spirit. She had only had men speak to her by the flesh and by the, the soulish realm. No one had ever spoken by the Spirit to her. And what was so amazing is she had always responded by the flesh or through her emotion. But that day, she learned how to respond by the Spirit. Because she said, give me, sir, give me this water so that I will never thirst. Can I give my little illustration Go real ahead. quick? And then I'll turn you loose completely. Go ahead. How many know the, how many know the story of the ugly duckling? So I went and read it again <laughs> this morning. And uh, remember this, this, uh, this, this duck had an extra egg in the, in the nest, and, and, he, and, he ha and this little duckling hatched out and was so much uglier than all the other ducks, so he got laughed at. And so he, 
they, they kicked him out of the, the nest, and so he went looking for somebody else and some place that he could belong, and he, and he didn't, uh, um, couldn't find anywhere. He even went with some geese, and the geese even laughed at him because he was ugly. And, and finally, um, he, he got with some swans, and he couldn't, he couldn't uh, find out who he was until he got around the one that he came from. The, the, the likeness that he came from. And I was thinking about that, even with this lady. She couldn't ever really see who she really was until she saw God, until she saw him as a spirit. Um, we don't know who we are until we see ourselves in the face of the spirit of God. Amen? And then we find out what we're made for. We're beautiful. We're wonderfully made. Amen? All right. Yeah, so I just have a couple things I'm going to add. He, um, <laughs> Proverbs 20, 27 says, The spirit of man is the candle of the Lord, searching all the inward parts of the belly. In uh, modern day terms, we would say that the spirit of the man is, is like a light bulb. What does a light bulb do? When I came home this yesterday, every single one of my light bulbs in the back was burnt out. We had a burnout while we were gone. Couldn't see a thing in the back. Had to replace everything to illuminate what was out there. And so what the spirit of man, the candle of the Lord, what that does, it's our spirit, man. It lights up, it illuminates, and dispels the darkness, right? So in the same way, when we become born again, we become a new creature in Christ, our spirit, it's like the light bulb has been turned on becomes alive unto God. And that light, that Holy Spirit on the inside of us, it illuminates our path. And y'all know the simple, some people may not know, but you know you are a spirit. You live in a body and you have a mind, a will, an emotion. A lot of times people get confused. Well, that's my soul. And they're referring to their spirit. Your soul is not your spirit. Your soul is your mind, your will, your emotion. Don't get confused. Your spirit man is who you are. Your spirit responding to spirit. We were in a hospital room once with a little two-year-old baby who they were with us in our church years ago, and this baby was passing away, and we, they wanted us to be there and sing hymns while, while they took him off of the machine. And we were in that room when that baby's spirit went on to heaven. And I looked over at his little body, and they brought his body over to his, his parents. And you're looking at that body, and you're realizing how much life that we have and who we really are is what's on the inside. I was explaining it to Braden one day that you're like a, it's like a tent. This physical part that you see, this, these eyes, this hair, this, you know, all this stuff that you're seeing, it's my tent. The real man is on the inside of me. That's who I really am. And so when we understand that we are a spirit responding to spirit. So when you became born again, what did you do? You believed and you spoke. You said, I believe in Jesus and I confess him as Lord and Savior be Lord. I confess you as Lord. I repent for my ways. I turn and I look to you as my Lord and Savior. So it's the same way we live our whole life. We believe those who, if we're going to live by faith, we, the just will live by faith. We believe in him. We believe in those things that are not seen. We believe in a spirit, a God, 
a, a heavenly being. There are spirits. There are other voices, and lots of them right now, many deceiving spirits. And that's why we're talking on this right now is because we want you to understand there is a place for us to have an understanding of who God is and who we are so we can respond to him and hear him and be in tune to him in this hour. So I want to encourage you with just a couple things. You know, one of my faith fathers, y'all know, is um, Brother Kenneth E. Hagan. And he talked to us a lot about this, about, you know, speaking spirits and developing your spiritual life and letting your spirit man lead you. So when I go to talk to somebody, I've just trained myself to when I hear them, I'm hearing them. I'm hearing them talk, but what I'm really hearing is what's going on down here. My spirit man is tuned in to what their their spirit and and I can I can hear some things sometimes that's coming up. Somebody's troubled or they're going through something or they're you know they're full of joy. God's doing something in there. There's or the Holy Spirit will say they need a miracle or there's a healing that needs to take place. That's the way we tune in. But we don't just listen for spirits because if you start listening for spirits, they will speak. The devil will accommodate and you'll start to hear familiar spirits. It's familiar because it sounds like something that sounds familiar, but it's not based on the word. Does that make sense? It's religious. And that's a whole other teaching. I won't get off on that. My husband's getting nervous because he didn't want me to do that. But so how God speaks to you is in a still small voice. And he's not, he's a gentleman. He's not going to shout and yell. And that, but we've got to develop it. We've got to learn to listen. We've got to learn to hear his voice. As I said earlier, the word says in John that we hear his, the shepherd's voice, the voice of a stranger we will not follow. But if we're not giving time to educate, and this, I'm going to give you this, this is what Brother Hagin said your spirit can be educated just as your mind can be educated. Your spirit can be built up in strength and be trained just like your body can be built up and trained. Our sons are are both liking to work out and train their physical bodies. They're building muscle right now. There's a lot that they do to get to where they are. And there's probably more they would say that they want to do to build those muscles. It's a training process. They know what to eat. They know what not to eat. They know what to lift. They know how to lift. They've tried to show me how, I've tried, I've failed, and I just keep doing it again. <laughs> I'm doing my best, Hayden. But there's a, there is a training ground to build muscle, just as there is a training with the mind. My husband went to college, graduated with honors. There was a training. He just set himself to train. You become born again, and you. I said, you know, Jesus be Lord of my life, I confess him, and then... What do we do to train our spirit? What do we do to educate the spirit man so the spirit knows how to rise up and lead over the soulish realm? The, you know, like Joyce Meyer says, the soulish realm is I want, I think, I feel. I want, I think, I feel. That's Our whole world is dominated by that right now. But we should be I am led. Not I want, I think, I feel. I am led, so therefore I think according to the word. I am led, so I'm not moved by what I feel. I am led, so I'm only going to be moved out when God tells me to. So there's a, there is a reserve. There's a place where you're, you're, 
Am I making sense? There's a reserve in a place where you're only responding to the Spirit of God. You're no longer responding to what you're seeing. I saw a really good illustration of this. I should have had Hunter help me, but they blindfolded somebody. Come here, pretend like you're blindfolded. Come up. And so if you're, if you're being led by the Spirit, okay, so get back down there. So I'm the voice of the Spirit. So he's not being led by what he's seeing right now. So I want you to step forward two steps. I want you to step to the left one step. Now I want you to step to the left, but I want you to lift your leg up and over. Up, up and over, I said. <laughs> and the, then the right leg. Now I want you to go forward three steps. Forward, not sideways. <laughs> See how important it is? He's not seeing what he's doing. He's just he's leaning on what he's hearing. And so the training has to be taken. Has, there has to be training to hear his voice. We don't just all of a sudden get into a tragic situation and say, oh, my gosh, how do I do this? No, we've been being led by the Spirit. I, I hear his voice. He's telling me to take a step here. He's telling me, wait on that. Don't do that. He's telling me, you know, there's a lot of times up here the Lord will give me something to say or I'll hear something about somebody and he'll say, sit on that. Don't tell them that. I've sat on things before for a year before and he'll release to say it because the timing. That's how we're getting trained to hear his voice. And it's the willing and obedient that eat the good of the land. And so this is so intricate and it's not hard. It's we learn it through the word. When we are reading the Word of God, we tune in to His His voice and what He wants to say to us through the Word. We learn it uh, when we go through situations, trying times, even now. We can really be learning some things right now in this time, y'all. We don't have to hook up with fear or trepidation. We can hook up with the Holy Ghost, and He can say some amazing things to us right now. Get in His presence. Find out what God wants to say to you in this hour. Amen? Because this is training ground. This is not failing ground. This is training ground for things ahead. And so what I like to, to try everything, try the spirits, the word says. I like to try it by what the word says. If, some, if I hear the Lord say something to me, I'll say, Lord, give me a scripture for that so that I know I'm not off. That is based on your word, and it's not just based on my emotion. A lot of times when the Lord will have me say something up here, I won't step out immediately. I was d deciding down there. I said, Lord, I don't want to say anything unless it's you. You know why? Because the very first thing you know if it's God is he's glorified. You hear Jesus, not a man. I don't want to be glorified. I don't need to be heard. I don't need to say something just so you hear me and you see me. You need to hear and see Jesus up here, not me or Pastor Steve. You need, I mean, you need us as leaders, but you need to hear the voice of the shepherd. And you need to be trained to hear his voice. So when those times, you know, we were, we were um, this last week, uh, our, our brother-in-law leads those meetings, and his sister... She uh, was a pastor's wife. Her husband left her. She had four children, gone through a really, really tough time. And then she had a stroke. This has been, what, four years ago? I think it's three years. Three years ago. She had a stroke, and she lay on the floor by herself for over 12 hours after she had her stroke. Yeah. 
And this is a woman who's musical. She, she led worship. She played the piano. She sang with her children. All of her children sang. And now I think all of them are wayward and just all kinds of things have just gone crazy. But she's so sweet. She was sitting there telling me, you know, after I had the stroke, I had to relearn how to talk. And even now she'll say words kind of funky. I re- had to relearn how to talk. I had to relearn how to walk. But you know what? She said, you know what I did? I got in the word. She said, I didn't know how to do it very well, but I just took one step at a time. She said, I spend an hour in the word every morning and then sometimes more. She told me she ended up getting corona. And she said, I just spent an hour in the word in the morning. And then I'd go have my breakfast. I'd come back and spend another hour in the word. She went clean. She, oh, she'd go and clean. She liked to clean. Because her family was coming. Her family was coming, and then she'd go back and read and get in the Word again. You know why? Because there's life in the Word. There's life in the Word. She was healed in a couple days, too. Yeah, she was healed in just a couple days. She said the corona thing only lasted a couple days. See, we don't have to be afraid. But this is training ground for things to come. So every time something comes, we don't fail in our faith. We don't relax our hold. We don't, we don't, we keep the switch of faith turned on. We don't let go of our confidence. We don't cast it away. We know that God's doing something and he's there for us and we've felt him and we've heard him and we know his voice and he's going to continue to do so if we're tuned in. Emotion is only going to lead you to a dead end road. You know, how many have ever gone through some stuff and, and you just, you feel depressed, and you feel anxiety. Even, the, even during this last, probably this last month, we have felt just a spiritual force. Have you all felt that spiritual force in our world? That's demonic. You know what we did? We, one day we said, we need to pray. We have to pray. So we got together, and some of our kids, and, we, and my mom was on the phone, and we just prayed. Because when you start to pray, you go to where your help comes from. You go to the source of your strength. I was not feeling so good one day. I thought, I got to get in the presence of God. And I just, we started praying. And immediately, I I didn't even think about not feeling good the rest of the day. It just went. Because in his presence is the answer for everything. But we have to train ourselves. Train. We are spirit. Say, I am a spirit. And we respond to him as a spirit. I think a lot of times people are trying to, you know, mentally ascend to something with worship or mentally ascend. It's not a mental thing. You need to shut your mind down. The word says, trust in the Lord with all your heart, your spirit. Lean not on your own understanding, not on what you know. And, and the Holy Spirit showed me some people are leaning on what they know, what they think they know about the word. But he wants to give you a fresh manna from heaven every day. So don't lean on the understanding that you had yesterday for today. Because today requires new grace and new mercy and a new fresh word from him. A new understanding in his presence. But he will supply that to us if we're looking, if we're tuned in, if we're listening. We are listening to something at all times. Your mind is always going. Your spirit is open. And I'm, let me just throw this in there, too. Nighttime is when demonic activity is at its height. 
And how many of you know you can recognize that? I don't want to glorify it, but if your spirit is downcast, you're feeling heavy, you've not been in the Word, I don't know, you haven't been listening to worship, haven't been, you know, talking to God, you get in listening to a bunch of junk on TV and focused on all the news and maybe social media, you go to bed, you're feeling heavy, it's an open door for the devil to throw some bad dreams and some things, some ideas, thoughts that are not from God. And all you're doing is training your spirit to be quiet. You're training your spirit man to be quiet and listen to other things. There are many voices. And the word says that in the last days, there'll be much deception. What was that saying? We heard 100% of deceived people are deceived. We need to be wise. What's that scripture? Wise. Oh, I can't think how it goes. But we need to get in the word, get in the presence of God, and allow him. It's exciting to me when we get in the presence of the Lord and get in the word to tune in and, and listen to what he's saying. Because he wants to speak. He wants to direct. And then when we're, when we're able to hear him, that's our spirit responding to his spirit, to him as a spirit. And he can say some things and do some things. And I, 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 don't, I hope I'm making this clear because it's so important for us in this hour that we're tuned into what, what he wants to say. Amen. Through our spirits. I, ha I have more, but I think we should. I do have one thing I want to share. JP, would you mind coming up and uh, playing? We're going to close. The Lord, uh, when I was preparing last night, he said, I want you to, to write this down. Uh, I have something I want you to, to share. Um, you know, I was having some difficulty with my neck and my head was feeling super dizzy for about a year. I've been feeling just kind of weird. And Emma had suggested, why don't you go to the chiropractor and get adjusted, get an alignment. And I don't run to the chiropractors often, but I went and he looked at my, he just looked at me and he said, well, I can see your neck is off from your head. <laughs> can you imagine? I've been walking around with my head off my neck. <laughs> But he was just saying, when your neck is off alignment, it can mess with your head and the, your whole body won't function properly. And the Lord was just showing me. He said, he said the body has been needing an alignment with the head. And so he gave me these words, and you just take it if, if it's for you. Take what part? But he said, there's some shaking, some shifting, some twisting, and some sifting going on to realign those who will be the remnant of my people who will usher in my return. Not all will come, not all will go. Only those who will answer my voice, only to those my voice is known. Only those who will recognize this hour only those who want to see my glory and partake in the demonstration of my power. The alignment is necessary for the walking by the Spirit, for the boldness that is coming upon you, and for the steadying of your steps. 
For the glory will be, and he said this very firmly, seen, heard, and felt. For just like in the Acts, the Spirit of the Lord fell upon them, and the fire of my spirit consumed all that were in the room. For no eye has seen, no ear has heard, and no mind can know what I have in store for those who walk in my ways and enter through the open door. It's a door of opportunity, not without adversity, but it's not by your own power or your might will you walk, but by my spirit will you conquer the fears, sidestep all doubts, and run freely. Though a weapon may be formed, it's formed against you, it will not succeed as you continue to walk freely in me. Learn from me and finish with joy. Don't fret or be discouraged. Keep your eyes on me and I'll give you a new anointing, a new vitality, a new hope, a new strategic plan. For I am the door, I am the way, the truth, the life. You can only come through me. Felt like the Holy Spirit was just saying, you know, God doesn't, there's no ending to his abilities and his power. We have four seasons, but there's new seasons in God every year, every day. And I believe we're in a new season. We're in transition for the coming of the King. I've had three babies, naturally. And transition is always the hardest. You feel like you're about to, all the emotions are gone. You want to throw up. You want to, you want to sweat. You want to, you want to be cold. You, you know, you don't know whether to shout or yell or be quiet. There's just all this crazy emotion going on. But it's the quickest part of delivery. And it's the part that pushes the baby out. We're in transition. Everything is going crazy. Lots of emotions taking place. We don't know what to think. But we don't have to rely on our own understanding because we've got a guide on the inside and we've got the Word to show us what to do. I do believe that there is a separating right now of the wheat and the chaff. I do believe that only those who are serious and who are aware and are choosing God's ways will be a part of this remnant. So I want to encourage you. Hear His voice. Train your spirit. Be strong in the Lord and the power of His might. Find out who you are in Christ. Your identification has to be in Him. And let's run our race and finish it with joy. Amen. Father, we thank you so much for your plans for our life. It was good to sing about that today, Lord God. That your plans are for us to prosper. You have a you have a design for our lives that is significant. And you do see us as your children, and that's an amazing thing, Lord God. That as awesome as you are, you hold the heavens in your hand. Part of your plan and part of your wisdom, part of your uh, amazing 
being is is for us to be spirits that know you as a spirit. Lord God, I thank you for making that possible. That in Christ, we've been made new creations. Our spirits are made alive in you. Lord, I just pray for anybody that's here this morning or that might be listening to this sharing of your word Lord God I pray that their hearts would be touched by your spirit Lord I pray that like the woman at the well that there would be an awakening of their spirit Lord for all of us in this place right now Lord when we speak of these things I pray that there would be an excitement Lord that would that would awaken and that we would say I'm going to follow the spirit I'm going to follow this amazing God And I pray for each one, Lord God, that there would be a knowing of you by the Spirit. Lord, all these things that Pastor Kim referred to, being able to be your body in these times, Lord God, it will be as we know you in spirit, as we know you in truth. Father, I pray that there will be a walking that is following of you on a path of righteousness. And Father God, that we're not going to listen to the voice of the stranger, but we can know you. We can acknowledge you as the God, our Father God, our Father Spirit has born us in spirit and truth. Hallelujah. So if anybody's here, you have not made Jesus your Lord, you've not become a new creation in Christ. Oh, it's a wonderful opportunity. Hallelujah. All you do is say, Jesus, I'm thankful for what you've done for me. I'm ready to turn from the ways of the world that are passing. I'm ready to make you my Lord. I ask you to be my Lord right now. I don't even know what that means completely, but I'm asking you to be, and I yield my life to you now. Hallelujah. For anybody who has not done that, there's new life for you today. And for everybody, there's a turning for each one of us. The lifting of our eyes to the heavens, beholding of our God, honoring Him as such, and being transformed, hallelujah, in our spirits. We give you thanks for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Why don't you stand? Let's sing that song as we're leaving. It's a good one for us to go out with. Your plans. Your plans are still to prosper. You have not forgotten us. You're with us in the fire and the flood. You're faithful forever, perfect in love. You are sovereign over us. Your plans are still to prosper. Your plans are still to prosper. You have not forgotten us. You're with us in the fire and the flood. Forever. 
Forever, perfect in 